Mary had already taken many steps on that Sunday morning. She had left. She had taken her first steps before the sun was even up while it was still dark. She had taken steps in the direction of the tomb, and on the way she noticed that the stone, the big heavy stone that had been rolled in front of the entrance of the tomb, had been rolled away. Mary ran. Her running steps didn't take her continuing in the direction of the tomb. They took her the other way, where she met with Peter and John. She confessed to them what she was thinking, what she was feeling. She said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put Him. And then Mary's steps continued. Sometime later, her steps brought her back to the tomb. And she stood there just outside the tomb, and she wept. She wept because Mary had taken many steps with Jesus prior to that day. Mary had taken many steps with Jesus long before this. Mary Magdalene was not, as some people make up and claim, some secret wife of Jesus. She was not a a romantic partner. She was exactly as Scripture describes her. She was a woman who supported Jesus on His ministry. She watched his steps. His steps had brought her close, had brought him close to her the first time they met. Jesus drove seven demons out of Mary. He set her free. He saved her. She remembered. She was thankful. She came to follow Jesus. She came to know Jesus better and better. She trusted that He was her Lord and Savior. She believed that He was the Messiah that God had promised. But that very week, In fact, in just the few days before that Sunday morning, Jesus' steps had taken Him places Mary never expected He would go. Jesus' steps took Him to an upper room where He celebrated the Passover with His disciples. After that, His steps took Him to the Garden of Gethsemane where He prayed. He was arrested and his steps took him before a Jewish trial and then a Roman trial. And Jesus' steps took him to a hill called the Place of the Skull and to a cross where he suffered and he died. And his steps were complete. And someone else laid him in the tomb. The tomb at which Mary now stood weeping and sobbing. 
Because her whole life, everything that she had thought had been turned completely upside down. She was full of sorrow and sadness and confusion. I don't suppose she was expecting much that Sunday morning. She had gone out to anoint the body of Jesus with spices. She had gone to do what so many grieving people want to do, to grieve and to take a moment to get at least closer to what we call closure. She wanted to see the body of Jesus once again. She wanted to mourn and to weep so that she could go on from there and do her best to carry on. To keep on living. To keep on going even with this incredible loss. But it seemed that somebody wanted to stop her. Somebody had taken the body of Jesus away and now He was somewhere else. So she could not honor Him. She could not see Him. No matter how long she waited there weeping, Jesus didn't return. No matter how many times she glanced into the tomb, He was not there. In her confusion in her pain, in her sorrow. Mary didn't even really fully grasp what was going on around her. She looked into the tomb and she saw two angels sitting at the place where Jesus had been, right where His head was, right where His feet had been. And it barely even registered to her. She knew she hadn't made a mistake. She hadn't gone to the wrong tomb. She was exactly where she was supposed to be and she didn't find Jesus there. Even when she saw Jesus, she didn't realize that it was Him. For the angels and for Jesus, Mary thought, you know, the the only use that anybody could give me right now is if they could tell me where the body of Jesus has been taken. That was Mary's pain and confusion and suffering. But what does Mary's Easter Sunday morning experience have to do with us? We're not here with tears streaming down our faces. Though, it's fair to say some of us may be hiding pain and sorrow. We're not here searching for Jesus, hoping to get a glimpse of His physical body, wondering if He's still in a tomb or if we might run into Him somewhere today. No, that's not the case. But at moments in our lives, aren't we maybe more like Mary Magdalene in those moments that we always think or remember? Don't we have questions 
and doubts? Don't we wonder at times? Don't we feel the confusion? We certainly have have pain and suffering that enter into our lives. Maybe it's an illness or some physical issue. And it keeps us from doing the things that we so want to do, the things that we love to do, and it just doesn't stop. It keeps on going. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Someone who was dear to us just as Jesus was dear to Mary. Maybe we feel grief and shame. Maybe we worry about a friendship or a relationship that seems strained and We're not even sure why. Maybe we're concerned about our finances and and what are we going to do and how are we going to handle just going on living. We know pain and suffering and confusion and loss. And maybe sometimes we wonder if these things are Our own fault. Our consciences tell us we know that we've done wrong. We know how at times we have not been the friends to other people that we want other people to be for us. We know that there have been times when we have been more of the problem then we have been the solution. And we deal with those issues of grief and shame even as we suffer. And isn't that almost as if we don't know where Jesus is? Doesn't sin do that to us? It clouds our sight so completely that we don't even see Him. We don't even remember Him. We don't even recognize Him. It might as well be that He is still lying dead in the tomb. We may as well cry out in our confusion along with Mary, we don't know where He is or where they have taken Him. But Jesus steps to Mary and He speaks her name in that sort of confusion and suffering, and pain. And in that moment, everything changes once again. Everything is renewed. Every darkness is lifted. Because her teacher is standing in front of her. Her friend is standing beside her. And better than that, her Lord and her Savior who died for her sins is alive again. 
And she can have peace. And she can have joy because He comes to her as the risen and living Lord bringing with Him all His love and all His mercy and all His grace. And that's exactly what Jesus does for you and for me as well. He renews everything. He reassures us that every speck of guilt has been taken away. He reminds us that every ounce of punishment that our sins deserve has crashed onto Him. He's taken every bit of it and He has overcome. God's Word takes us to the tomb to see that it is empty, to peer into it, to see that Jesus is not there, and it is just as if Jesus steps to us and calls us by name. And He is there for us with His grace and His mercy and His love. Jesus knows our sorrow. Jesus knows our trouble. Jesus has told us, in this world you will have trouble. But be courageous. I have overcome the world. That is exactly what Jesus has done for us and His resurrection appearance proves it. In every moment of doubt and despair and hesitation, we have Jesus. We have a living Savior and a living Lord. And that shouldn't surprise us because that's exactly what Jesus promised. This shouldn't have been a surprise for Mary. This shouldn't have been a surprise for Peter or for John. The Scriptures had prophesied it. They had foretold it. And Jesus told them again and again that this is exactly what was going to happen. His final steps, the final steps that led to His cross and that resulted in His death, they were never going to be final steps. No, those final steps were going to lead to His first steps. Steps on the other side of death. Steps on the outside of the tomb. And where did those first steps go? They went to Mary in her need. And so Jesus' first steps that come after His final steps They go to everyone who has the same needs as Mary. Everyone who is in the same predicament as her. Just as He promised. And so Jesus' first steps that follow on His final steps Take away our tears. Take away our sorrow. Take away our confusion. Take away our pain. And Jesus' first steps 
that follow His final steps give us purpose and give us direction. Jesus gave direction to Mary. This is what He instructed her. Go and tell. Jesus sent Mary to His own disciples. He said, what you are to tell them is I am ascending to My Father and Your Father, to My God and Your God. This meant that everything was done. Jesus had accomplished what He came to earth in order to do. He lived the perfect life that none of us could live. He offered His perfect life as a sacrifice for the sins of all of us. And now He was alive again because that sacrifice was complete. Everything that He had set out to accomplish, everything that He had come to earth to do was done, and so He could return to His heavenly Father, who is also your heavenly Father. God is your God. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Mary couldn't wait to do exactly what Jesus told her to do. She went to the disciples and she said, I have seen the Lord. You also have seen the Lord. So here's the Easter task that Jesus has given to all of us. Go and tell. You've come through the words of Scripture and by faith to see the empty tomb, to witness Jesus alive again. You have seen the Lord, so now go and tell. You have become convinced that He has indeed ascended to His heavenly Father who is your heavenly Father. So now, go and tell. Parents, tell your children. Raise them up to know this good news and to know that this is the best news of all. Raise them up to cherish hearing about and seeing Jesus on the pages of Holy Scripture and in our worship gatherings together as God's people. Teach by your words and by your example how precious it is that you can partake of His body and blood in the sacraments. That you have a fellowship with God's people that you can enjoy. But this isn't just for parents. This is certainly not just for children. Go and tell. Tell your neighbor. You've got something to share with him that's much more important than the weather forecast. You've got something to share with him that's more long-lasting than politics. Or stock tips. You have something to share that is more precious than those pictures 
of your children or your grandchildren. Tell your neighbor, I have seen the Lord. Invite Him to come and see the Lord together with you. Go and tell. Go and tell by your prayers and by your offerings through which you go and tell this amazing news to places that know you will never go and tell and probably to people you will never see on this side of heaven. But who were in the same need as you and Mary and everyone else who needed a Savior and who through your prayers and through the missionaries you send, see their Savior. See their empty tomb. Go and tell. Mary had taken many steps already that Easter Sunday morning. She had taken many steps throughout her entire life, but the most important steps of all for Mary were the steps that Jesus took for her. And the same thing is true for you. No no matter how many steps you have taken already, and no matter how many steps are still to come in your life, the most important steps are the ones that Jesus took for you. His final steps that led to His cross and resulted with Him dead in the tomb and His first steps. His first steps as the living One, as the One who had defeated death, who brings life and immortality. And because of what Jesus has done, here is what you know that when your final steps on this earth come, they will lead to your first steps in your heavenly home. That's news that takes away all doubt and fear and sadness. That's news that gives us direction and gives us purpose that's good news that we can know and cherish and love and good news that we can share with others in Jesus name amen and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus amen